I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Did I, and you that dropping could, your voice? That could be, that could be our <laughs> first so intro. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> So for everyone listening, we recorded a bunch and then we realized like, oh, maybe the audio isn't great. So now we're doing like, we're pretending it's an introduction, but we've already been introduced. So uh, without further ado, David and I are so freaking excited. So excited. (laughs) So excited to welcome um, beloved uh, colleagues, friends, peers. Uh, these are incredible therapists, extraordinaires. They are experts and they are brilliant. And they also happen to be, at least as far as I know, identifying as women. Uh, and we are here to talk about women in ADHD. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, uh, Kaylee, do you want to say a quick uh, a quick description of your origins. I feel so bad. You told us this amazing story. You don't have to retell it. You can even say something completely different. It's totally up to you. Oh, um, <clears throat> okay. Wait, so just, <laughs> wait, 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 are we so not hard. using that password? Can, can I, can I just like, can I ask a couple questions and I'll like, I'll just yes, do, do something you, and then like, Kaylee, I like, it's so hard to recapture the magic that just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said something really magical, a couple of things. And I want to like, just say a couple of them. You can tell me like, if I'm saying this at all wrong and then correct me and then it'll be authentic because we're actually having this conversation for the first time. So when you were talking, you were talking about feeling like you wanted to be like this teacher's pet. You wanted to be in charge of the classroom. You wanted to be goody two shoes. Your friends were goody two shoes. You didn't say this. This is my, like my interpretation of what you're saying. But then all of a sudden you started getting in trouble for not being able to focus and not being able to pay attention. And you, you said this one incredible story with like a math, a math, (laughs) manipulative, a math, manipulative. Okay. Can you just talk about this math? Like what, what am I bubbling? Absolutely. So this is just such a clear memory. I, I remember all of the details. So basically I was in first grade and I was in math class and normally we did kind of boring worksheets and I never liked math much anyway. But there was one day where we had these math manipulatives. Basically what they were, they were like these little teddy bear toys. And I was, they were colorful and I was so excited to touch them and play with them. But I had a really strict teacher and she put all these manipulatives on our desks. And she said, you need to have a calm body. You need to stay still. You're not allowed to touch these teddy bears until I tell you to. And she spoke very slowly. And she was having us use the manipulatives to do a subtraction uh, subtraction problem. And 
I was trying so hard not to touch the teddy bears and to stay focused, but I got behind because I was staring at the teddy bears and imagining what like I wanted to do to play with them and what their life story <laughs> stories were. And she ended up saying, Kaylee, write your name on the board. And so in front of the whole class, I had to walk up to the blackboard and write my name in chalk. And then that meant that I had to sit out for recess. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so bad. I'm so awful. But then at the same time thinking, I, I didn't mean to. I was trying so hard. I was focusing so hard on not touching them. And yeah, I just remember feeling really lost and sad. And yeah, it's just such a clear memory. It's like a memory where you got in trouble for not controlling your attention and focus as a first grader. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah. David, as you say, like, yes, little and as Kaylee, a first grader, you, you got it. Like, how I, I, you got in trouble for, oh my gosh, wanting to like touch a teddy bear? Yes. <laughs> and play with a toy designed to be played with? Right. This it- is. <laughs> I, yes, I know this is, I mean, we've heard this just now, but I am also legit brought to tears the moment that you said that, David. I feel like for mm-hmm. some reason that moment of, oh my gosh, now I'm picturing sweet little, little Kaylee, a very little Kaylee. Little, and I'm just Kaylee. like, so that was so not okay. Yeah. That's so not okay. And Sarah, when you say that you knew something was wrong with this system, I'm I'm so jealous of that mentality because... It's so true. They were, you know, called math manipulatives and they were for learning, but they were toy teddy bears. And it, it, was, it was so hard. Not, of course, I wanted to play with them. And the whole ADHD and novelty, that in- increases your excitement. It's something new and it's so much harder to, anyway, yeah. But yeah. so I, I feel like that's really mentally healthy that you knew it was a systemic problem. Yeah, wait, hold on. And you're you're totally this is where I want to go to Sarah because we just talked about this. Uh can I like synthesize a little bit about what you were talking about, Sarah? And then mm-hmm. like, all right, so little you, like elementary school you, is out in the back, like I my I was gonna make a joke like you're getting tattoos, you're smoking cigarettes, <laughs> but like that's not what you were doing. Like you were ditching class, you were you were getting into trouble, you were you were acting out a lot and mm-hmm. you were struggling a bunch in school. Mm-hmm. And then there was this moment where, like, uh, your dad did something with you. What was this? You were we were talking about your dad. Oh yeah. Your, so well, it. so um, because what I was telling Kaylee, and then I'll segue into then the transition into high school was um, because I have so many stories like this, Kaylee. But it's the flip of this, right? Um, it's so funny that you said first grade because as soon as you said first grade, I think we all had a different reaction. Um, because I'm like, that's so ridiculous to ask a first grader not to touch a teddy bear. Like that doesn't make any sense. And um, like for the record, first grade is like six or seven, right? That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like right? seven in first yeah. grade. Yes. Yeah. Six or seven. Okay. Um, that's all. Anyway. Because that's my kid's age. Like I can't imagine telling a kid not to touch. That's what teddy bears are meant for. They are literally created to touch. Like it, it, so it doesn't make sense. Because um, it's funny when I was in first grade, I got sent to the principal's office, which happened regularly um, because it was St. Patrick's Day and there was a leprechaun that supposedly came and left candy in the classroom. 
And we each got a turn to pick where we thought in the classroom the candy was. And um, it was my turn. And I pointed to a place and you're supposed to walk over to the place and then potentially open the drawer or whatever. I went over and I opened some door and it was not there. While I was walking back to my seat, I saw where it actually was. I saw the glimpse of candy sticking out of a drawer and it didn't take me a second to be like, I found the candy. It's right here. There it is. It's right here. It's right here. And my teacher was like, it is not your turn. That is, you are not supposed to do that. Immediately go to the principal's office. And I was like, this is not fair. It was about finding the candy. I found the candy. I was sort of like, I'm the winner. We all get to have candy. I didn't also like candy as a side note, but it was just so exciting to have been the person who found it. And I was just like, this is so dumb. I'm getting in trouble for something you told me I was supposed to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I went gladly to the principal's office and was like, I guess I'm in trouble for finding the thing that I was supposed to find. And, (laughs) um, but this was right. And so what I was saying when Kaylee was telling this originally, um, because what was so lovely is Isabel and David, you said you both could imagine this and you both could imagine sitting on your hands and not touching these teddy bears. And what would it be like to touch the teddy bears? And what I was saying is it wouldn't even occur to me to not touch the teddy bears. I wouldn't have thought about what it would be like to touch the teddy bears. I would have just immediately touched it. Um, just like I immediately said, here's where the candy is. Um, and I also, it didn't occur to me that I had done something that was wrong. I thought the setup was wrong. Just like I, as I hear the story about these teddy bears, I'm like, well, the setup is wrong. If you want seven-year-olds not to touch teddy bears, don't give them teddy bears. Like, don't bring them out until you want them to touch them. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the setup is a failure. And so, so my, my origin story um, was, uh, you know, struggling throughout elementary school because I was so impulsive. I did things that you weren't supposed to do. Um, I broke rules because I thought the rules were dumb. Um, one of the rules that we had in elementary school, we got a, um, what was it? A dress code, uh, a uniform. And all the girls, especially as we're talking about girls with ADHD, all the girls were supposed to wear skirts and dresses. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked why. And I was like, well, I'm not doing that. I want wearing pants. So I wore pants every single day. And every single day I got sent to detention because I wasn't following dress code. Um, And one day the principal actually drove me home to change because I was in the neighborhood. (laughs) And um, And like side note, not to make, not to say this would have been better, but we're not talking like 1950s here. Okay. For everyone listening, this is the yeah, this, this is like the, the, the mid '90s. Yeah, this is the mid '90s, and which I think is a pivotal moment to sort of reinforce, I think, the confidence that I had growing up. Because my dad found out about this, and my dad, um, who sort of thinks outside the box in general as a human being, um, he found out and was like, "This is completely ridiculous. We're calling Wow, this woman's rights organization and they immediately reached out to the school and said we are going to protest at the school unless they change the dress code it was changed overnight girls were allowed to wear pants i got all of this sort of like praise from other girls who were compliant and wore dresses every day like thank you and i was like oh if the system set up badly we challenge the system and so 
it was, I think, a, a pivotal moment in my development where before that I thought, huh, other people aren't clued in on the system isn't working for us, right? Like, um, and then I was like, oh, wait, you can change the system. Um, so that was a unique moment, um, which David and Isabel and Kaylee know me so well, and they know that this continues in my story. <laughs> I was just saying, like, this is a brilliant wait, example of just, like, say. who you are as a human. Yes. Like, oh. Can I just say your dad, I've met your dad, so I'm biased already, but is a freaking rock star. Like, yeah. what a model moment to be like, you're not making my daughter wear a dress. And, like, getting a woman's rights organization to... Well, and it's tricky because I think growing up too, you know, it was nice to have that messaging for my dad and who also, a side note, was like a political activist. So like this was like, oh my gosh, wow, this is amazing. And then my mom, who was this, you know, divorced mother in this basically suburbs trying to comply and fit in, who had me as a daughter who was constantly non-compliant. And so she's like, can't you please just wear a dress to school? Can you please just wear a skirt? Like, who cares? It's not a big deal. And so, but to me, it was a big deal. Um, and so I was like, nope, we're not wearing dresses to school. No. I love so much about your, your, your story, your origin story. And, and I think this is where I was actually just really thinking about, like, I'm so glad you're sharing this story because you, I'm just, can I just out it a little bit more specifically? Like Sarah, you're, you're, you have hyperactive ADHD, right? That's correct. <laughs> and and hyperactive ADHD is, is rare. Now I just want to say this as a whole. Like mm-hmm. when you're hearing my interpretation of things, you're you're getting combined type. I'm inattentive and hyperactive, right? There are moments like in school, I got punished when I wasn't paying attention, right? So then I knew just sit on my hands because I didn't want to get punished, but I couldn't pay attention, right? Like I knew not to touch it. Whereas you were like, your rules are dumb. Mm-hmm. I don't fit in this thing you're trying to put me in. Mm. Like this doesn't make sense. And so often, like people aren't seen as having ADHD. They're just seen as being obstinate or oppositional or oppositionally defiant Mm -hmm. or a troublemaker. And then there's this whole like expectancy effect, right? Where teachers see the troublemaker that they've heard you are. And, and then all of a sudden you have to change an entire system or start over to have a chance. And like in your story, like starting over was like you getting out of all of that and like getting into high school. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which you was essentially a- self-advocated to do, right? Like you oh, yeah. wrote your, sorry. <laughs> do you want yes, to- no. So, um, well, and what I didn't say when we were talking earlier is that when I was in eighth grade, um, so I was labeled oppositional. Um, I didn't know ADHD was a thing. Um, no one in elementary school that I knew of had ADHD. Like that was not something anyone talked about. In high school, I had heard of ADHD, but only in boys. So I didn't know girls or women could be diagnosed with ADHD. That wasn't even on my radar. Um, but in eighth grade, my my um, my path was Catholic school, like all-girl Catholic school or military school, which was where my mom was like sort of leaning because she was like, you need structure, you need rules, you need to be disciplined. Um, and my dad was like, I don't know that this is the best trajectory for you. And I wasn't doing well in school at that point. And so selective enrollment schools, there was a newer one, um, that was brand new. They had had two, like a freshman and a sophomore class. I would be coming in as a junior 
they had never graduated a class yet. And so they were newer. And he was like, I think you should write a letter of recommendation for yourself and advocate for an opportunity to prove that you are smart and capable and that if given the right opportunities, you could succeed. And my test scores when I was leaving eighth grade said I was ready to start eighth grade in reading. I was never a strong reader. And the principal read my letter of recommendation. She had never received anything like that before, which, yeah, I mean, it was so unique. I've never heard anyone ever doing that also. I don't know where my dad came up with this idea. And so she's like, I'll give you a trial year and you're going to take this extra class and you're going to prove that you know how to read better than this. And I left that freshman year uh, reading course saying that I was ready to, I was at a 13th grade level. So like beyond high school. So within a year, because this woman gave me this chance, I was like, I'm hyper-focused on proving that I am capable because here's someone who, I don't think I had had anyone in my life in elementary school for sure. Preschool, yes, but like that was so long ago, but height or in middle school and elementary school, no, no one, none of my teachers thought that I had capacity to do more than what I was doing. So. Oh. And I had chills as you were saying that, Sarah, like flat out chills. Sorry, David, you were about to say. It, it's to me, it's, it's a hard thing to, to think about how destructive and healing labels can be. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there are so many people who, who have hyperactive ADHD, right? Who are labeled as bad oh, yeah. and need to be broken in. Like you got to break mm. that horse. I, I don't, I'm not a cow person so I, or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm saying that right. You got to break in the horse or, but, but like, it's almost like, you know, getting the wild out of a horse. So you got to mm-hmm. punish it enough and give it an, a strict enough behavioral regimen that it doesn't want to be wild anymore, mm-hmm. which is heartbreaking to think about for me on a little level. Uh, and to think about you being pushed towards a military school option. It's like, that's what that is. It's around eroding right. the parts of you. Mm-hmm. And I think like it is a special person to be able to see a child and, and go, mm, we got to lean into their strengths a little bit. Mm-hmm. We got to teach them how to fight, not teach them to put their hands in their pockets. Oh. And I think like we get so worried about like our kids going out there and like slapping people or doing things where like we're embarrassed and we have to do the apologies that we don't teach them how to fight. Mm-hmm. And here you are throwing haymakers <laughs> all the way through <laughs> high school. This is amazing. Oh, yeah. They were not ready for you. And then like outside of high school, I know you You literally walk around throwing haymakers every day, dropping mm-hmm. bombs. Mm-hmm. I mean, this in like a totally pacifistic, making the world better kind of way. But mm-hmm. like... It's in a totally healing, like trauma informed, like somatic, amazing way. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. Okay, so something, something that came to my mind as you were just naming, like the the sort of power of labels. You know, I was just thinking, Sarah, when you were talking. Well, because Kaylee, you had said you weren't diagnosed until with ADHD until you were like in your college years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wasn't diagnosed until I was lit- literally a couple years ago. I mean, at this point, mm-hmm. more than a couple years ago, but like, yeah, like well into adulthood, well past grad school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah, you had said like, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing, right? That like no. girls could have. And I 
this is so weird. I've not, I've never thought of this. And I feel like this is an important random anecdote to share. So I, so at some point, like I really resonate <laughs> with Kaylee, like your experience of, mm-hmm. um, I was very deeply compliant, rule abiding, like terrified of getting in trouble. Um, and I also was spacing out all the time, daydreaming all the time, but I also talked a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I just remember looking at all my uh, report cards and like notes from teachers. And it's always like, you know, she's, you know, she, you know, bright can do the things. Uh, if only we could find a way to get her to stop distracting the other students. Like, that was my thing. And like, I remember a lot of experiences of, you know, I, I don't remember like maybe whatever this means. I think I got really like in a way like, like a, a thick skin for that. Like I just got so used to someone going like, shh, 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 or like, uh, uh, you know, like stop, 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 stop. That I think I was just like, oh, okay, like it's another day, another dollar. Like I'm gonna, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember this thing would happen. I remember like a key point in second grade was I was sitting and I remember we had to do like, like I think it was called SSR, sustained silent reading. I was all, this was also Catholic school. Side note, Sarah, we totally had to wear jumpers and skirts. And I hated them. Hated Wait, them. Me too. Had to walk, I had to walk through a Chicago winter with freaking knee socks no. yeah, and like no. a flippy jumper, you know, yeah. and like your winter Same. coat would do bup kiss on this. I would walk through snow. It was awful. Like, yeah. oh this is gosh. not cool. <laughs> okay. Anyway. I'm like watching my... the trauma on both of you of like, this is so heinous. Yes. Um, and it I was remember so girls heinous. wearing pants underneath yes i would wear sweatpants underneath them off and then you and had to I take was, them off because they were soaked in snow sorry and i was the kid who wore pants with the jumper on top because i didn't want my mom to see that i was gonna get to school and take the skirt and or the jumper off and keep the pants on. <sighs> sarah i i heart you so hard <laughs> i want to be you when i grow up I know, like rock on. That's brilliant. Okay. All right. Sorry. I'm going to like, I'm going to finish. Okay. So I just remember sustained silent reading, you know, you have to essentially it was like assigned quiet reading time, right? So like everyone's sitting and reading and you have to read X amount of something. And I would be like, and then I'd be like, uh, Hey, who wants to talk? Who wants to play? Who wants to do something? And I'll never forget my teacher, like gently took my hand. She walked me to the back of the classroom and there was like a bookshelf with like, you know, just a bunch of books. I remember there were a lot of Jack London books for some reason. So she, she, she's like, pick a book and just read it back here. Okay. Mm-hmm. But don't come out until I tell you. Like, essentially, like, I'm making you like a cave back here. I'm going to bring you coloring supplies and books and just hyper focus, lady. Like, essentially was her strategy, which was all wonderful. I, it's like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, interestingly, I feel like I never once I still so deeply struggle with even considering the system would be wrong I always mm-hmm. think I'm the one that's mm-hmm. messed up and and in my way I don't think I, I messed and I wonder how this relates to the hyperactive type David mm-hmm. but the or like you were sort of describing that distinction and I don't know I think I kind of oscillate between being like oh I feel like I'm mostly inattentive but nah I'm totally combined like uh, um and maybe I'm more impulsive. I don't know, David, you could probably tell me. Um, <laughs> but but point is, is like, I think there's something in feeling, maybe it's the more inattentive part. Like I would constantly walk around feeling like I missed something. 
Mm-hmm. So the sensation of getting in trouble was not the sensation of like, oh, I stood up and like, you know, I met with conflict. And so I'm just going to like settle that. It was like, oh, I know I'm wrong and I can't even fight back because I didn't even hear what you said the first time. Mm-hmm. But do you know what I mean? Like, if you're always mm-hmm. walking around feeling like you're missing something, I'm always convinced I missed something. Like, I, I can't even tell you, like, if I'm driving and a car beeps anywhere, I'm like, oh, that was my fault. <laughs> because I'm always like, I just miss, I know I missed something, even though not, I'm a pretty okay driver, you know, like I caffeinate, I take good care, you know, like whatever. Um, so point is, is, is it's, it's interesting because I feel like if I hadn't had that teacher and then um, and then I got tracked and, and we moved because essentially at the Catholic school I was going to, they were like, we have no options for her anymore. She's too distracting. Mm. Like we need to move her up like a couple grades or something. And my oh, mom wow. was actually, you know, fiercely like absolutely not. That's going to destroy her socially. She was right. I think I right. was extremely young socially. Like ex- like I really still feel like I just always felt very young. And And when we get maybe into like, not that we have to go there, but I'm thinking like puberty as girls. Mm. I developed early, but I was mm. completely naive to like mm. everything. And I always felt completely out of step with the girls who were like maybe already starting to date or like wearing the makeup and like do, you know. And I was I was like the kid who's like, but my little ponies? <laughs> my little, what happened to those? Aren't we still playing with them? anyway point is is like i just i feel like there was anyway so my mom advocated for that and then um i got tracked into like this gifted program and then i was stuck in a really not great dynamic for like essentially four years of the same Mm -hmm. group of kids side note tell me this isn't interesting i bet you dollars to donuts like nine out of ten of these kids neurodivergent like legit i think the gifted track was just the track for neurodivergent children. <laughs> Can I tell you what the ratio of guys to girls was? It was like three guys to one girl. Oh, wow. I was in a class where oh, no. most of the class was was boys. And yeah. there were like two girls outside of the class who would come in for like math lessons. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. And then there were and then so these girls like we all turned on each other and they were really mean girlish and awful. Um. But point is, is one of these girls was diagnosed with ADHD. And the reason I knew this is because I befriended her. She was really kind. She was a transfer student. So she didn't know I was the big class loser and I shouldn't befriend her. You know, I was like, ha ha, new, a new friend potential. And I never forget <laughs> when she was coming over to my house, like my mom I was on the phone or something and her mom was describing to my mom like, oh, she has ADHD. And my mom She's a Polish immigrant. She had no idea what that meant. She was like, okay, that's fine. Like, whatever, you know? (laughs) And the mom was like, she's not going to be on her meds or something like that. And I just remember my mom, like, I just remember getting the vibe that something was not okay with her because Mm -hmm. she had a ton of energy. She never stopped talking. She was very excitable. And I loved her so much. I felt so myself with her. I felt Mm -hmm. like I could play with her for hours, but I felt like, that was not okay. Like, talk about mm-hmm. masking and talk about You're supposed to somehow. Yeah, when you finally so odd, feel connected and totally. You so yes, and then so oddly enough, my interpretation of ADHD, of course, was biased heavily towards like, well, isn't that just what 
really like classically hyperactive boys, you know, who act out, who are always being sent to the principal's office. Like that must be what that is. Or alternately, it's when like something's really wrong with you if you're a girl. Like that was this weird internalized thought I had. Anyway, whole story. I don't know. This is a place that I have a lot of thoughts, right? <laughs> and and I'll be the impulsive guy here, which is weird, right? Because now I'm like, man, I have. But like, I'm very aware of social conditioning, right? Let's just pretend like that's a real thing, mm-hmm. and that there are different expectations that we have based on like expressed gender or whatever we don't like. However, that road goes down, and what I know is there was a lowered expectation for me. Mm. that that mm. being a guy i could color outside the lines i could use too much paste of course i just wanted to do simple things all the time of course i was coming in late of course i wouldn't pay attention of course i wouldn't settle down like he's just rough how like what however you could throw that into like a gendered norm statement right for mm-hmm. for for guys boys just being boys mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i i got into so much trouble uh, I wasn't officially diagnosed with ADHD until I got to college. And I got into so much trouble in high school. Like, mm-hmm. just all of it. But, like, no one was surprised. Oh, yeah, because you're a boy. And then mm-hmm. then I got kicked out of my high school. And I go to a specialized high school where I get my first, like, like they realized that I was struggling because I can't spell. Like I have a really profound form of like dyslexia, like symbol recognition disorder. So I can't spell. So I got, I got singled out for a different reason, not ADHD. Right. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden I'm in a school for just kids who have learning differences. This is a school of like, I want to say a very small school, like 18, 19 people, right. Small school, five women, girls, five. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and they were like classical roles of like either getting into trouble with boys or hates everyone or like can't pay. Like there, there are these very stereotypical norms in terms of like like bad girls. I'm using air quotes that no one can see, which is terrible for a podcast, but whatever. <laughs> like like mm-hmm. like in this moment, I feel like like we're all looking at the same dilemma with very different expertise. Mm-hmm. Like. Because for me, like I'll look, I look around and like, like somebody made a mess, and I'm like, so you made a mess. Who cares? And they're like, it's a big deal. Like you don't, I can't make messes. And as I've gotten older, like that, that is really true for girls and women. And emotions are very, are like validated for women. Like, of course you have emotions because you're irrational. Like that, like like that's what's usually like pushed forward, right? And for guys, it's like, of course you don't have feelings. You're an idiot robot. Like, just, just don't have the feelings. Suck it up and move forward. Or, like, mm-hmm. only like, have, like, like this particular spectrum of anger yeah. <laughs> and assertiveness oh, yeah. as a guy, right? Like, or well, for women, like, oh, but also, like, you know, I'm going to jump on that. Like, also, like, you need to be, I mean, you simultaneously need to be able to do everything. And then you simultaneously need to be, like, helpless and a bit, like, Hmm, but I don't know, sir. You know, like there is, ooh, there's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot, lot there. Well, and I think even, you know, oh gosh, there's eight things I want to like return to that both of you had talked about. And I think the other piece to that is girls are socialized to be so considerate of everyone around them mm-hmm. and to like, well, how is this going to impact this other person? 
and um and also to then mask the hyperactivity right is like if girls are hyperactive no you're supposed to sit and be compliant in mm-hmm. ways that boys are not expected to and so you know it's i've even noticed as I have like leaned into more now the realization that I have like hyperactive ADHD. Um, yeah. My body wants to move more than I even allow it to, because there's so much that I feel like, Oh, even today I went to a preschool sort of interview for our youngest. And I noticed that we're sitting just having this conversation and there's all these parents and I'm like, you know, I see they all bring in their little kids, which I didn't bring my son, which was great because we would have been moving all over the room too. And I was like, oh my gosh, all these kids are moving. That's what I want to be doing. I want to move. I want to move. And I'm sitting here being very professional. I want to have a really good impression on this head of school. And I was just like, Sarah, you can't sit here still. Just move your leg. It's okay. No one can see you. And I was like, okay, I'm moving my leg. And I'm like, okay, now I want to like play with my necklace. Now I want to, you know, I, but it's, growing up, you're not supposed to do any of that. And mm-hmm. um, I know so many women and girls now with ADHD, and they are misdiagnosed. Yes. Um, because mm-hmm. it's, oh, if you're diagnosed with ADHD as a girl or a woman, it has to be inattentive. There's no way you're hyperactive. And, mm-hmm. um, and so there, you know, that didn't, I didn't even feel like I fit then anywhere within the spectrum because I'm like, well, hold on. If girls are then, if they can have ADHD, wait, they're supposed to be inattentive, but inattentive doesn't fit for me. This is the first part in a series of conversations we had with Sarah and Kaylee. Thank you so much, Sarah and Kaylee. So stay tuned for more parts. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever had that thought where you think, hey, I'm nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right. Just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks.